0: My tears from darkness far away I cry for you to bring me near. My heart is overwhelmed, my spirit is cast down, but the shelter of your wings, my Lord, leads me through this troubled ground. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirits so to sing. how I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings. Your shelter sets me free from grips of sin and shame. Beneath your wings I soar, lifted high by Jesus' name. My strength is in your power, my might is not my own. It's the shelter of your wings that will carry me toward home. The shelter of your wings Is a fortress for the fight Against the enemy The foe of truth and right The shelter of your wings Lifts my spirit so to sing How I love the blessed comfort of The shelter of your wings Your mercy and your truth troubled way, the heritage of hope led me high when low I lay, your name that I so fear did to receive my trust, for mercies mixed with justice in the shelter of your ways. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirit so to sing how I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings.
1: When you turn to the first four books of the New Testament, you come up, to each one of these books that are called the Gospel. So it's the Gospel according to Matthew, the Gospel according to Mark, the Gospel according to Luke, and then the Gospel according to John. That's what we see. Now, it's the same story in each one of the four Gospels, but yet the way that it's told, maybe how it's presented, could be a little bit different. Maybe sometimes things are in a little different order because Matthew is focusing on this part of Jesus, or Luke's focusing on this other part of Jesus. Well, what I want us to do is kind of see a different way of telling uh, the gospel story and also kind of how we can find out more things uh, about Jesus and about his life and his love, his ministry. So to that, we're going to look at the gospel according to animals. Now, most of these passages are going to come from Luke's gospel, um, but really, whenever you look at any of the different gospels, you'll find out that animals appear several times throughout each one of the gospels. And I think it's something that we might, you know, kind of overlook and it's something that is just fascinating to me because I think it's with reason that God has created all the animals that he did from the beginning of time. And you know, these animals and where they appear and how they appear can teach us something about the plan of God and something about Jesus. So let's take a look at the gospel according to animals. The first passage, we're going to see from Luke chapter 2. Now there are several things we can see from Luke chapter 2, but this is at the the very beginning whenever Jesus is born. They're going to take Jesus to the temple and what's interesting is the sacrifice, the animals that are given for the sacrifice. And they're going to tell us something about the type of family that Jesus Came from that he was born into. Now, each one of these animals, we're going to look at how it's going to show us a type of something that is connected with Jesus. So, this first one is the type of family that Jesus was born into. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22 and going to verse 24. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons now we can easily look at that and we can think okay so how does this tell us anything about the type of family that Jesus came from it actually tells us a few things about it because yes verse 24 it's quoting what the law of the Lord has said and that is true that the law of the Lord said that however That's actually not the first type of sacrifice that was supposed to be done. This sacrifice that is quoted right here is in case a family cannot afford what the first sacrifice was supposed to be. It was a more expensive animal, so if they couldn't afford that, then they could afford a pair of doves or they could afford two young pigeons and they were allowed to sacrifice those. So apparently Joseph and Mary Um, Obviously, they had enough to be able to buy a pair of doves or or to provide a pair of doves and two young pigeons for their sacrifice. But that does teach us this family that he came into, it wasn't like a royal family. It wasn't one who just had all different types of of whatever expense they could just afford and and they could just uh, do anything and everything that they wanted. It was a very ordinary type of family. By that I mean it was a family that just didn't have a whole lot. It had enough, I believe. But this family didn't have a whole lot of extra things. This teaches something about Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus and the plan of God that that uh, that he is fulfilling there, He get to, he got to do something that you and I don't really get to do. We don't get to choose what family we're born into. However, our Heavenly Father, he did choose what family Jesus was gonna be born into. And he chose an ordinary family, a family you might consider even a poor family, one that has to sacrifice these two doves or the two young pigeons. And that can teach us something about the type of the family that Jesus was born into. So if maybe we're reading it and we think that our family is pretty ordinary, we can feel right at home with Jesus. Let's take a look, because there's more animals that appear in the gospels. The next time that we're going to uh, look at animals in the Gospel of of Luke specifically comes to us in Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. It's it's a whole story right here and this story with these animals, it's going to show us the type of power that Jesus has. Uh, Let's take a look at this story together. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets when they had done so they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break so they signaled to their partners in the boat uh, to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink when simon peter saw this he fell at jesus need and said go away from me lord i am a sinful man for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, "'Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people.' So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him." So the next time that we see animals and kind of telling this gospel story about who Jesus is, they show us the type of power that Jesus has. The type of power that Jesus has is you've got these fishermen that it is obviously their line of work. They know the trade. They know how to mend the nets. They know how to take care of the nets. They know how to cast the nets. They know how to draw in the fish. They know everything about it. And they've been fishing and they've caught nothing. But yet Jesus tells them, well, you know, why don't you do it just a little different? And they do it just a little different, just like what Jesus says. And they catch such a large number of fish. These fish tell us this story about the power, the type of power that Jesus himself has. It's not just about, you know, that he can heal people or anything. No, he also has power over nature. He can heal people. He can do all these miracles, but he also has power over nature. He's got this type of power. And if you want to also kind of uh, choose to, to learn a, a, another lesson with these fish, he changes the, the uh, uh, what they're going to be fishing for. In verse 10, he says, uh, from now on, you will fish for people. And of course, you know, that's something that we carry on. And, and uh, maybe even some ministries that I've seen, uh, they've used like a little fish logo and, and referencing this passage right here about f- being fishers of men, uh, something to that extent. Uh, but it goes back to this story right here where Jesus shows without a doubt how much power he has and what he is, is, is there for and that he's uh, still moving this story along. There's still other animals that teach us things about Jesus. The next animal that we see is gonna come from a passage in Luke chapter 13. It's kind of an odd passage, and, and really it's two different animals that are mentioned. It's a fox and then it's a hen. And this is going to show us the type of ministry that Jesus came here to be a part of, that he came here to do. Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, go tell that fox. I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This passage, we see, I'm gonna focus a little bit more on the hen, but we do see the first animal that he references is this fox. And he references, uh, well, the, the king, you know, Herod. He, he's the guy who's in control. So the type of ministry that Jesus is involved in is one that is willing to call a um, a leader out for what he's doing, you know. And, and he says, "Go tell that fox." He kind of even calls him a name, which is something we typically um, frown upon, you know, as Christians. We we uh, don't don't uh, uh, don't really want to teach our kids to call people names and stuff, but no, that's actually what we see Jesus doing right here. He calls Herod a fox. Now, he's got a purpose for all of that. And his purpose is, look, he's doing his ministry. And he even says this interesting little thing from verse 32 that obviously we understand it. You know, he talks about this third day, what's going to happen, um, that he's going to uh, reach his goal. He's going to finish his work. Depending on what your translation says, there's something significant about this third day. Can you think about what he's getting at? Well, on the third day, that's whenever Jesus rose from the dead. He reached his goal by rising from the dead. Now, so that's one of the the things about the type of ministry. He stood up for what was right. He stood up for what he needed to be doing. Another lesson that we really see comes to us from this picture of the hen. This is this image of what Jesus wanted to do for Jerusalem. He just longed to just cover them, shelter them, provide for them, just like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But then he says, you are not you were not willing. Because Jerusalem rejected Jesus, we see that all of these great things were going to be taken away from Jerusalem until they would turn back to God and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now we see that that they don't do that and, and much of Jerusalem, much of the splendor in Jerusalem, it was taken away from them in the upcoming years after Jesus. But we see here, this is what Jesus wants. This is the type of ministry, the type of of a of, uh, of ministry that he was involved in. And in many ways, the same type of ministry uh, that we need to be involved in too. Well, one that will stand up for what is right and one that also loves people, cares for people, even if they don't, um, even if they don't have those same feelings uh, toward us. And he used that image about a hen and her chicks. So that's another lesson that we learn about Jesus from animals. But there's still a couple more things to learn. This next animal, we're getting closer to the the end of the story. And by the way, I've I've kind of uh, put these in more or less chronological order to get us to uh, what Jesus does for us on the cross. There's already been hints along the way that he's going to, you know, what he's going to do. But here uh, we see the type of king or if you want to kind of see it this way, the type of kingdom that Jesus was all about. It is hinted at whenever Jesus does come to Jerusalem. Whenever he comes into Jerusalem, we have you know this this triumphal or triumphant uh, entry. And if you remember, he rides on a colt. He rides on a donkey. And that was to indicate uh, the type of king he was. It was to, t- to fulfill uh, scriptures that said that their king was going to come riding on a donkey. and That's exactly what Jesus did. In Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 28. This passage of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the donkey tells us the type of king, the type of kingdom that Jesus is a part of. He is a humble king. Even the very first animal that we looked at about this gospel according to animals, the first animals that we see about those uh, the, the pigeons or the doves, they're telling us that he came from a humble family. His king, this king, his kingdom, it's a humble kingdom. These are lessons we can see as we pay attention to the animals that are found in this story that leads up, ultimately, to the cross. We're getting there. We're getting a little bit closer each time, aren't we? The next animal, it happens, this is as Jesus was entering into Jerusalem. Whenever Jesus entered into Jerusalem, um, he still was completely involved in all of his ministry. He stayed there for about a week. And at the end of that week, we see that uh, he's going to be betrayed. And on that night that he's betrayed, whenever he, is, uh, whenever he is arrested, we see another animal appear among all of those stories. This animal is a rooster, and it's going to teach us something, kind of show us something about the type of followers that Jesus did have. And, if we're honest, the same type of followers that Jesus still has today. Let's look at this. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 54. Then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else said to him, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied about an hour later another asserted certainly this fellow was with him for he is a galilean peter replied man i don't know what you're talking about just as he was speaking the rooster crowed the lord turned and looked straight at peter then peter remembered the word the lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today you will disown me three times and he went outside and wept bitterly now this story about the rooster crowing, uh, it it does show us the type of followers that Jesus had, because this follower right here, Peter, he represents in many ways most of us as followers of Jesus. There are times as we follow Jesus that we are maybe even ashamed of our actions, because we, for whatever reason, have kind of turned our back on, on the Lord at some point or another in our life. Maybe we were just ashamed, maybe we were afraid. Whatever the case, we see that Peter was just like that, and at that moment, there there was a, a sign that was connected uh, with them that, that Peter had already been told before the rooster crows he was going to disown Jesus three times. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. But we see he did. He, he did do that. But now this same Peter, don't end the story right here. Notice that yes, in verse 62, it says that he went outside and he wept bitterly. He was sorrowful for what he had done. But remember that this same Peter is the one who um, several days later on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts chapter two, he's the one whose sermon we get recorded. He's the one who boldly proclaims the gospel message. So yes, these are the types of followers. Sometimes we do things that are shameful, but sometimes we do things acting in the the spirit of God and the power of God and through the power of God. So yes, this rooster can be a sign showing us the type of followers uh, that are following Jesus Christ and have followed him from the beginning now we have one more animal that I want us to look at and this one we're gonna go outside of the gospel of Luke we're gonna to go to John's gospel and we are going to kind of do something a little odd I guess we're gonna back up in the story to the beginning of John's gospel to tell something that Jesus does at the end of the gospel message it'll make sense as we get to this next animal and the next animal is a lamb A lamb is spoken of right here, and this lamb shows us the type of love that Jesus had for each and every single one of us. This is the type of love that is part of the plan of God that he has had since before the world began. He knew what was going to need, what needed to be done, and Jesus fulfilled it all. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit I have seen and testified that this is God's chosen one so this final animal that we look at that teaches us this the gospel according to animals it is the lamb not just any lamb but it's the lamb of God Jesus himself is described as this lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world like I said This is something that appears in the beginning of John's gospel, but it points to something that Jesus did at the end of it. Because Jesus did take away the sin of the world, but he didn't do that till the end of the gospel story. And that end of the gospel story is that, yes, Jesus, he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, but yet we saw there the type of king and the type of kingdom that he was about. We saw as the time progresses that the rooster happened in the midst of him being betrayed. And he was betrayed so much so that, he was, uh, his disciples denied knowing him. He was crucified on that cross. He was buried in a tomb. But on the third day he rose up from the dead and by doing all of those things together, he has taken away the sin of the world. He is the lamb of God. If you want to uh, kind of compare this with the Passover lamb, that it's very fitting because that's even what Jesus did the very night that he was betrayed. He, he took of the Passover and he gave those um, symbols, uh, the bread, Uh, and the the juice he gave them new meaning they were going to represent his body his blood his sacrifice because he was and is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world all of these animals together and there's more animals than just these that appear in the Gospels but these do show us something about Jesus himself and this passage I I stopped just a, a little bit early because John continues on with just a little bit more about the lamb. Verses 35 through 39. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by. He said, look, the lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied and you will see. So they went and saw where he was saying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. So see, this story continued on just a little bit more, and we see another reference in verse 36 about Jesus being the Lamb of God. So these animals that we see in the gospel story, in the gospel according to animals, show us the type of family, the type of humble family that Jesus came from whenever we look at the story of the doves. We also see the type of power that Jesus has whenever we see the miraculous catch of all the fish. We see the type of ministry that Jesus was involved in, that he wanted to be like a hen that gathers her chicks and protects them. Are we willing to let him do that? We also saw the type of king and the type of kingdom that Jesus is coming with. Once again, humble like his family. That makes sense, doesn't it? He's a humble king He's he, and he... Uh, the people of his kingdom are to be humble as well and we have seen with the rooster the type of followers uh, that Jesus has and here with this final one with this Lamb of God we see the type of love that he has has shown us he is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world can can we kind of listen uh, to Jesus as he kind of mentioned to these uh, these followers that he had in verse 39, he said, come and you will see. If we're willing to follow the way of Jesus, who knows what great things we might see. Right here, this is just another way of telling the same gospel message about our king who has always had a plan to save us. So let's make sure that we follow Jesus. Let's come and see together what he has in store for each one of us. We want you back, we want you back, we want the sheep back in the fold. We want you
0: back, we want you back, we want the coin back in its mold, lost like a sheep that went astray. your God. Come back, to the fold. Come back to the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Oh, please don't stay To the, fold. Come back to the fold we want you back we want you back we want the sheep back in the fold we want you back we want you back we want, back. We want the coin back in to the four